A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus and he turned and addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlooker should laugh at him and say, this one began to build, but he did not have the resources to finish. Or what king, marching into battle, would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king, advancing upon him with 20,000 troops. But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, anyone of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord. Clearly, Jesus did not be, believe in the soft approach. So he says some fierce and demanding things. Unless you hate your parents, your wife, your husband, your children, you cannot be my disciple. One of the things I could hear just reading that out loud is my mother saying, we don't say hate in this house. I wonder if Jesus' mother said something similar. But Jesus, even though there's a large crowd, lots of potential, wants to be clear with everybody that in following him, there is a real cost. And so he's looking for disciples, followers, who are willing to pay that cost. But of course, there's also the reward, if you will. Life in God's kingdom. The gift of the kingdom that Jesus just says, little flock, it's yours, take it, receive it. You don't have to earn it. In Kristen Hanna's recent historical novel, The Nightingale, it's the story of basically people in France during the Second World War under the Nazi oppression and occupation. And it's a story more particularly of two sisters, two sisters separate by many years of age, but also completely different personalities. They don't get along. They tend not to like each other 
but it's the story how both of them, in very different ways, risked their lives to fight the Nazi occupation. One of them, in the beginning of the book, at the, towards the end of her life, says this, I've lived a long life, and one of the things I've learned is in love, we discover who we want to be. In love, we discover who we want to be. And in war, we discover who we really are. It's a very interesting way of thinking about not just those people in the 1940s in France, but it's also about all of us. Because in our lives, we hopefully both discover the mystery of love, and in it are kind of taken up into who we want to be. But we also know, as Scott Peck tells us so clearly, life is hard, life is difficult. And so sometimes, as we're tested by life, we discover parts of ourselves that maybe we're not so delighted in. In this historical novel, these two women discover what really matters to them. With one, it's living for her husband, who is somewhere at the front or a prisoner of war, and her child. And for the other, it's for her country. But they both live for a higher purpose. They find in this higher purpose reason to endure many difficulties, make many sacrifices, suffer many things. As I'm reading this book, and I'm not done, maybe tonight, part of what also struck me is one of the things that I'm afraid is often missed in our immigration debates in this country is why would people thousands of miles away want to leave their homeland, everything they know, everything that's familiar, with nothing but what they could carry and set off for a better life. That must be a tremendous pull, or they discover that life as they're living it is intolerable. And so in some ways, they feel they have no choice. But it is that horizon that they're looking for that drives them on, that helps them make many great sacrifices. Last Saturday, at this time, in Indian Lake, Michigan, which until last Saturday I never knew existed, I said a 50th anniversary mass for my cousin and her husband and their family. I preached at their wedding 50 years ago. And it was a beautiful, beautiful affair. The mass was outside on the shore of the lake, all the children and their wives were there, all the grandchildren, a few other relatives like me. But what was so wonderful about it, and there were lots of tears, but they were all tears of gratitude. I didn't hear one word about how hard it was along the way with misunderstandings, with sickness, with sacrifices made for the children. This couple didn't talk about any of that. They were just filled with gratitude of how their life dream of 
a life together as a Christian family has progressed. And it was just a wonderful experience. Once again, seeing people who aren't just counting the cost, but are also knowing how important it is for us to be about something more important than our day-in, day-out lives. More important than chasing success or becoming rich or trying at all costs to protect our health. We all need that greater purpose. That's really what Jesus knew in the end those who caught fire to follow him would do. They would be willing to go to the known ends of the world. They'd be willing to lay down their life because they have discovered in Jesus, in the Christian life, in the mystery of God's goodness and love, the pearl of great price. And that made for them all the difference in the world. And maybe that's what we need to rediscover over and over again when life gets difficult for us what do we really want what's really worth seeking what's worth living for and maybe even dying for